The Education Apple, Episode 13, recorded on April 10th, 2013. Welcome to the Education Apple. This is Bill Brazil, your host for today, and this is the show that discusses Apple technology in the formal classroom as well as in the classroom of our daily lives. As we move and breathe, we interact with technology pretty much everywhere we turn these days, so um, that is what we talk about and uh, kick around on our show, and uh, we have a bunch of uh, interesting topics to discuss tonight, and um, talk about. So uh, we will get started here in a minute. But first, I want to uh, welcome in our guest tonight, Barrett Mossbacker. Barrett is the superintendent of Briarwood Christian School, and it's good to have you back with us tonight, Barrett. How are you doing tonight? Bill, I'm doing great, and as always, it's a, a pleasure and a delight to, to be on the show. Yeah, it was good to, good to have you with us. And uh, it's been, I guess, about a month or so since we uh, last got together. You, I think, uh, headed out to China, among other things, and I was off to Nicaragua for a little time. And uh, it seems like um, March is always a very busy month for me and probably most of us, um, especially with spring break and a lot of other uh, opportunities that come our way in March. So um, we uh, <laughs> did not have time to fit in a show, but um, it's good to get back together. Uh, I don't know if you had anything to uh, comment on on your uh, your trip and your time away. You were gone for about uh, a couple of weeks, weren't you? Uh, yeah, about the 12 to 14 days, and uh, we were in several major cities of China, and then uh, and then to Hong Kong, and yeah, we visited a number of um, uh, what's called international schools of China, as well as in Hong Kong, um, and uh, met with several of the key administrators, uh, deans, and faculty, and uh, looked at uh, what they're doing, both in terms of languages, uh, student exchange, cultural exchange, but also interestingly enough, uh, their uh, technology programs, and uh, they had actually asked us if we could provide them some. Some guidance and assistance on more effectively deploying one-to-one programs. So it was a, a tiring trip, but a very productive and enjoyable one. Yeah, well, that is that is great. I know uh, that should uh, pay dividends down the road, and hopefully we'll be able to help uh, help out some of those folks there uh, with a number of different resources and in a number of ways. So we'll look forward to, to how that uh, partnership might uh, blossom here in the future. And um, I was in uh, Nicaragua for about 10 days and uh, was uh, fortunate to take a number of uh, your students there from Briarwood down to um, an area we've been a number of times before and did a lot of outreach and uh, medical and uh, vision care and uh, really got to um, spend some, some great time with some folks down there that we've developed a relationship with over the years. And um, uh, it's just uh, always a blessing to uh, be a part of that and, and go along with those uh, students and adults. We took uh, about 20 students from uh, the high school there at Briarwood as well as about another 10 adults. So we had a nice a uh, little team of 30 that uh, we did some uh, missions work with, and um, that was a a real great size group to have. We've taken larger groups in the past that uh, is a little bit more to keep up with and keep track of, but uh, 30 was a was a great number, and 
of course, the quality of the kids that uh, we take with us are just uh, phenomenal. And that's one of the things that I really enjoy. There's a, there's a lot of uh, aspects of taking that trip that I enjoy, but um, especially spending time with, with some of these uh, students. Since my kids are uh, moved on from high school as well as almost college now, so uh, I kind of like uh, keeping a little bit of a connection there through through that uh, missions trip. So anyway, well, you 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 help provide some tremendous uh, leadership and guidance for those trips, and of course, we always love to see your summaries when you uh, make the presentation to the school board as well. Um, and uh, it's not only a blessing uh, to those that the students minister to, but it really, in many ways, uh, affects and changes students. Uh, and their perspective on life and living and, and the purpose for, for why God has uh, created them and put them here. Yeah, and I, I'm sure you um, see some uh, direct benefits and uh, influence on the rest of the student body as, as those students come back. I know one of the things that uh, has really been intriguing and, and great to hear over the years is um, the times that I have been able to attend the, uh, I guess, the senior um what is it called when the seniors get together and you honor the seniors there? Oh, uh, Honors Day. Honors Day, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, just the number of seniors that mention in their little bio, I think they're able to uh, mention two or three things that have impacted them most over their high school years. And so many of them mention the the uh, missions trips uh, to Nicaragua or Guatemala. And, um, you know, that that's just a real indication that um, it, it has a – tremendous impact on the individual as well as the the class itself i think because um you know over the years uh, a number of them a good number of them uh you know make that a priority and and uh do go on at least one of those trips so um you know i think that really influences and has an impact on the student body as a whole so that's uh, a great thing to uh be able to do so anyway that uh uh is a lot of fun but yeah and, and there's several things a little bit later on we'll talk about that um i uh took advantage of from a technology standpoint this this year and uh we can we'll discuss that a little bit further uh into our show but um so uh as i said it's been a good while since we were together and a lot has happened and we usually like to do a little review of the news and uh, of course we can't cover everything that's happened in the last month or so but um, there are several things that kind of caught my attention and we can kick these around and just kind of talk about uh, how they impact us uh, from uh, an Apple standpoint and a technology standpoint and uh, just kind of what the future uh, looks like as a result of uh, what's going on right now in the news. So the uh, first uh, thing on my list is Apple and Yahoo. They uh, are apparently uh, talking uh, in deep discussion about uh, making their iOS partnership um, a little more uh, intense and a little more uh, formalized. I think right now uh, Yahoo does provide some uh, data uh, for the iOS device in terms of some of their news and um some of their sports data. I think uh, when you when you uh, inquire through Siri, you get uh, some results coming uh, back from Yahoo, and uh, uh, I think that's that's good information. But I know Yahoo has um, really 
you know, struggled uh, over the past few years, and they've been making a lot of uh, changes. And I think their uh, relatively new CEO, Marissa Meyer, has uh, been shaking things up a good bit. I know <laughs> I noticed several uh, weeks ago where, um, you know, she kind of made headlines in terms of cutting out all telecommuting. And uh, I think that really kind of got a lot of people's attention uh, and that's that's a pretty bold move for uh, a CEO to to do. I know I do a lot of telecommuting, and I was kind of wondering if I was going to um, feel any ramifications from that. But AT&T has made a pretty big uh, push uh, towards telecommuting and, and supporting that. Um, you, you just don't want Marissa to show up on the AT&T board. Yeah, we need we need to keep her focused on uh, Yahoo, Yahoo and not move in our direction. But, <laughs> no, there's a lot of people at Yahoo that were upset about that. But um, that's kind of a, a side issue. But she's definitely been um, uh, shaking things up there. And uh, I know that they want to make their uh, mobile um, uh, part of their company a lot more uh, significant, and this uh, that's a, a major part of their strategy, I think. So um, if they can get something um, more uh, deeply embedded with, with Apple and iOS, uh, I'm sure they would uh, love to see that happen. So uh, it looks like that, that's going to take place. There's nothing formalized yet, I don't think, but there you know is a lot of rumblings about um, some some deep discussions going on, and uh, hopefully that would be a um, a real benefit uh, for for iOS and iPhones. And I, I really like how Siri works and the uh, the way it brings back information and displays it. And seems like it's uh, you know pretty pretty high quality. So if they continue to expand on that and use uh, Yahoo to uh, provide that information, um, I think uh, I think that would be a good thing. You have any thoughts on that, Barrett? Or, or well, just just a couple of quick ones. Uh, it, years ago, uh, I would use Yahoo, but I haven't actually used Yahoo for a very long time, and there's a lot of reasons I won't bore the listeners with. Uh, but I suspect that they're going to have a hard time getting driving a lot of traffic to their website. So it seems to me their focus on the mobile is not only consistent with where they are as a company, but consistent with the overall tech trends anyway. So th- this may be a very shrewd and badly needed. Move on the part of Yahoo if they're going to remain uh, relevant and continue to try to prosper as a company. Yeah, I would I would think so. And you know, by not necessarily riding the coattails of Apple, but by having a really um, you know strong uh, connection and, and business relationship with with Apple, that certainly would seem to uh, to bode well for them as well as other. Um, you know, it can't hurt for that to be a strong uh, business relationship. Uh, as it you know kind of spills over into the other uh, mobile providers and and uh, other operating systems there, so I would think that'd be a good thing. And you know, plus uh, Apple um, has you know in the last year or two really cut ties with with Google in a formal sense, you know, pulling their their Google Maps and their YouTube apps and and that type of thing from from their standard. Uh, load that you get when you uh, purchase the iPhone. So there's no love loss, uh, you know, there between Apple and Google. So if Yahoo can kind of fill that uh, gap uh, even more, uh, that would be a good thing for them. Um, and and I agree with the uh, the Yahoo and their website. And, 
You know, AT&T uses Yahoo, I think, for their um, online mail. Like if you go to, uh, you know, use a web browser and access the uh, the mail, uh, AT&T email, um, I think Yahoo provides a lot of that uh, interface. And to be honest, I have never been impressed with that. And the few times that I've looked at it, I've, you know, just kind of shaken my head because it's very commercialized and um, does not work very well and, that's it, Bill. That that's exactly what uh, drove me away from Yahoo. I tried using their email, but uh, the, the pages are so cluttered, and there's so many advertisements, and it's not clean and easy to use, and uh, really did not work for well. I know they've made some changes, but it just doesn't compare to other options that are available. For example, such as Gmail or something. And right. So yeah, and you know maybe again maybe uh, they're they're really uh, working on on some of those areas, but. Um, um, you know, time will tell how how Yahoo does, but hopefully they'll they'll uh, stick around and gain some traction. And uh, well, competition you know. is good, so that's right. It's good good for everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, speaking of AT and T, another thing that uh, I saw recently was um, they have made an announcement. I think their uh, senior VP, uh, one of their senior VP, Chris Ryan. Uh, mentioned in a uh, conference uh, in the past week or so that the carrier is going to begin to support HD voice. Um, I think it's uh, another word or another name for that is wideband audio, uh, which I don't know exactly what that is. I haven't heard it, but I'm I'm guessing that it's going to be really high quality audio in terms of uh, you know using your your phone and. Uh, kind of getting back to what we were originally used to with a, a voice over a telephone. You know, we kind of made have made a lot of concessions over the last few years when it comes to uh, mobile phones and the quality of the audio um, and even quality of the the connection. You know, we don't don't think a whole lot about um, a drop call here or there of the, the audio um, not being very clear. We've just kind of gotten used to it, but. You know, if that would have happened back in the old days with our over our wired uh, wireline phones, um, that would have <laughs> really stood out to us because you know that never really happened. Well, I think people were are, have been willing to make those compromises for the sake of the mobility. Yeah. Um, now, Bill, does that only affect the actual phone voice, or does that affect any other audio? For example, if you're streaming video, does that have any effect on that? Or is it just restricted to phone calls? I think it's going to be restricted to the uh, the phone call because you know those are those are two different. Um, uh, uh, connections, if you will, you've got your data um, connection, which you know anything over a, an app or video or audio or any of that type of thing, um, that will uh, be over one uh, your data connection, and then the phone is actually uh, you know a different connection. So um, I'm thinking that uh, it's just going to really be ad- addressing and affecting your your voice. Uh, calls your normal voice uh, phone calls over your your mobile device and and i think it's going to be limited to um in the case of the iphone the iphone 5 or any phone that um is an lte uh has an lte connection your your uh iphone 4 and 4s uh you you're not uh i don't think you're able to get lte over over those so um you know it's really going to be affecting the iPhone 5 and greater and then any other mobile 
uh, phone on the AT&T network that supports the LTE. So um, that's something else to keep in mind. And I don't know exactly when that's going to be uh, rolling out. I haven't heard anything other than later this year. But um, uh, but that, you know, if it plays out the way it sounds, that's going to be a, a big improvement and something that will um, really be uh, good to have and uh, you know, kind of long-awaited um, to kind of get back to the old standard of a, a clear, good quality uh, phone call. So we'll see. Yeah, even even though everyone's starting to text now <laughs> instead of make yeah. calls. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. But there's still uh, still times oh, sure. when we got to do that. So <laughs> that's um, right, exactly. Maybe that'll that you know, uh, AT and T would like to see that trend kind of swing back to the phone calls because the texting has. Uh, you know, at least with with the iPhone, the iMessage, and uh, that type of thing has um, gotten uh, you know moved away from the text messaging charges, so they're not able to benefit mm-hmm. as much from that as they used to. Um, but all of those uh, phone plans have changed so much, and I don't guess they've they've been able to uh, to modify their models to kind of get around that now. But um, anyhow, that that will uh, be something to watch for and. Uh, to notice when they come out with that uh, that product offering. So, um, moving on, we got uh, big news in the Facebook world with um, the uh, Facebook Home uh, announcement. And I am not a big Facebook user, and Barrett, I don't believe you are either. But uh, this could. Oh, have... I'm I'm going to go right out and buy an Android phone <laughs> just so I can have. Facebook home. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I sense you're uh, yeah. not being honest there, but yeah, I, this will be kind of interesting to see how um, people react to it because, of course, there are a, a lot of people hooked on Facebook, and um, this will just kind of give them more uh, fuel for that flame because um, the way I understand it, I have not uh, looked at uh, one of these phones yet, but but Facebook has, you know, they they've made a pretty shrewd move here in uh, coming out with with this because basically what I understand is it's it's kind of taking control of the um, initial uh, application that runs when you 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 uh, wake up your phone, and so the first thing that uh, you're going to see now on the on the phones that uh, support this, which is primarily Android phones, and it's uh, just a handful of them to begin with, but I'm sure that's going to expand. But um, essentially, the the uh, Facebook Home will fire up as soon as you wake your phone up and the screen comes alive, and uh, that's the first thing that you see, and it's got a number of, of functions and uh, applications that uh, you can kick off straight from the home screen. So, so Facebook is kind of taking control of... Um, that phone from you know the initial startup and uh, uh, you know that's that's a pretty shrewd move on Facebook's uh, part. I think initially people were thinking they were going to come out with their own you know physical uh, phone and then have you know, the operating system uh, do its thing and uh, force people into the Facebook application. But this is. Uh, kind of getting around the the hardware aspect of it and still taking control of the phone and um, uh, yeah, it, it strikes me as very shrewd uh, because if I understand this correctly, essentially they're not restricted to their own hardware, of course, and they can put this product on any Android phone 
provided the uh, manufacturer permits it. Is that is that not correct? So they basically have the entire market theoretically yeah. uh, that uh, Android covers. Yeah, I think so. And I think initially, what you know, what how it's going to work is you can uh, download the app, and then it just pretty much inserts itself in um, that initial um, startup routine that that uh, kicks off when you wake your phone up. Um, but eventually, I think phones are going to ship with it already pre-installed and ready to go, and um, you know people won't even have to load it. So, you know, obviously, people that don't want that aren't going to buy that type of phone. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that that get a phone that just aren't that aware of you know what's what's uh, running it and how it works, and just kind of by default be thrown into Facebook. And I'm sure that's what. Facebook is kind of hoping and wishing will happen so that they uh, kind of entrench themselves even that much more. Um, and it's not, it's probably not going to be that easy or that obvious as to how to um, disable it and kind of remove <laughs> it. So <laughs> if it's like their privacy and security says, uh, settings, I suspect you're correct. Uh, and speaking of which, by the way, I had read some pretty hysterical bloggers uh, about privacy concerns, and then I've read some other what appear to be a little more modest uh, responses to the concerns. And then, of course, Facebook put out some of their own statements. Uh, do you have a sense to what extent this might compromise? Uh, security, I mean, uh, privacy. An example is that uh, some of them were concerned that b- because it's embedded in the phone, it has access to your contact list, has access to your GPS system, etc. Facebook has said it won't do that, but uh, that's only until perhaps they change their mind, uh, sure. like they've done with some of the other default settings. Do, do you think that's a major concern uh, or should be, or do you think it's overblown? Well, I think I think uh, that should always be a concern, and if if we don't kind of push back a little bit, I think these guys will will take as much as they can grab, and um, that's just kind of a trend across the board, I think. And of course, Facebook um, carries a lot of weight and um, has access to a lot of information. So if if we we're not careful, uh, I think it definitely can um, you know kind of get beyond the bounds of of what it ought to be. And um, you know, I think we we always need to be concerned with that. So. Um, it it certainly uh, has the potential to um, you know infringe on uh, privacy and grab all kinds of information. You know uh, the Android operating system. One of the big differences between it and the iPhone and iOS is um, that uh, you know Android is pretty much completely open. So that's really the way Facebook is being allowed to uh, put these hooks into the startup part of the phone is that it's totally open, uh, whereas iPhone is not. And, you know, iPhone is not going to let uh, Facebook have that kind of control uh, over uh, its phone. So, um you know, that's uh, just kind of a, a symptom of the way Android operates is, you know, being totally open. Um, the uh, developers pretty much have free reign, and they can do um, most anything they want. So um, I think we've got to be careful about that. And that, that brings up another point um, with iPhone. I think uh, we won't see uh, Facebook Home becoming... Uh, part of the iPhone. Now there might be some variation, uh, and Facebook app might, um, 
you know, morph to look a little bit more like uh, this Facebook home. But I don't think we're going to see that taking over the uh, the initial um, home screens and you know what we're used to right now on iPhone. In fact, I can I'd pretty much guarantee we're not going to see that. So no, I, I, and that's one of the frankly, it's a lot of people complain about the lack of openness uh, on the uh, Apple. Uh, platform, but that's actually one of the things I rather appreciate because there's consistency of quality and user experience, and there's a great deal more protection against the the malware and things of that nature. So, yeah, you give up a little bit of customization, perhaps, but I think you gain a whole lot more than you lose, at least in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, and um, yeah, that's that's important to note. And it it does it's kind of hard to compare, I guess, but I've heard a lot more uh, stories about Android. Um, apps and just the, the phone itself being a little bit sluggish and you know certain apps really causing problems and crashing things and um, whereas I think the iPhone is really pretty rock solid when it comes to that I have very few issues um, that I ever see that that I can really attribute to software and um, and that that does come from having a pretty tight rein on the applications as well as the operating system, um, and, and Apple's done a good job on um, keeping that under control. So, yeah, we won't we won't see that changing at all, I don't think. And uh, um, I think that's a significant difference between the iPhone and, and any Android phone. So, um, a couple of a uh, couple of the other features of this Facebook Home, and again, I haven't really seen it, but I think it does a uh, pretty slick job of uh, providing feed information. They have one of their um, apps, it's called Cover Feed, and uh, the way I understand that is, you know, pretty much as soon as you, uh, you know, wake your phone up, um, you're going to get news feeds and, and Facebook feed information scroll across your screen in a pretty slick fashion and um then there's another thing called chat heads which is uh, i guess an easy way to really um uh you know communicate and and message uh, some of your friends and uh, the way it's done i think is is very um slick and uh you know appealing as far as the uh the presentation of it so um you know i, I think if you're into facebook this is probably going to be a pretty fun uh, new feature, uh, and and they're saying right now that there are no advertisements on the uh, the home page, and you know what you you start up, but um, there's no guarantees that that's going to change or not going to change. So, <laughs> I yeah, would, and uh, you know, and Bill, I think that that would be the for me at least a very frustrating thing. I really don't want to turn on my phone and see advertising on my home screen. Yeah. Um, that's just that's just that to me that'd be just be a rather frustrating experience. You can barely get away from any advertising now, and I recognize Facebook must advertise because they're providing a free service. But boy, I don't think I'd want it on my phone if I could avoid it. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons it's not there now. But I bet you they're trying to come up with some clever ways to um, sneak that in. And if they can do that without being too intrusive. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that shows up mm-hmm. uh, as as they move forward. So um, anyway, uh, and the other thing that is kind of interesting is you know, I don't think Facebook and uh, Google have a whole lot of love for each other, but uh, this is really a, an end around for Facebook to really um, kind of take control of 
of those Android phones, which uh, Android, of course, is a Google um, operating system. So um, Facebook has pulled a pretty pretty big one, I think, uh, in, in coming out with this. So. Um, yeah, I think it's very I think it's very smart and I think there will be a lot of people. We have to re- realize too that Facebook is huge in some other countries. I think you brought this up Bill uh an episode or so ago, for example in Brazil and some other areas. So, we have to think beyond just the United States in terms of how people will respond to this uh given their use of Facebook. Right. Yeah, it, it it's definitely um got a lot of momentum and um the only time will tell uh, how this has an impact, but uh, it would seem to, you know, be, be pretty strong for, especially for Facebook users, and I really think it's going to um, help pick up some new users just for those people who really aren't aware of how they could uh, um, disable it or get around it once they get one of these kind of phones. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a shrewd move, and um, I think Facebook uh, is is doing well with this one if they can uh, if they can do it right and and keep it uh, keep it clean as it moves forward. So, all right. Um, let's see. The next thing uh, I don't know, uh, Barrett, if you noticed this, uh, it was there wasn't a whole lot of uh, noise made about this, but but I found a story on it and uh, downloaded the software and um, or, the, or the app, and uh, it's pretty pretty slick. It's the um, uh, Google has. Um, rolled out for for both Android and iPhone uh a something called Quick Office uh for its app customers and you've got to be a um, a Google Apps uh enrollee in order to to uh be able to get this software or the app uh, for your iPhone or your iPad but um uh, this is an app that will basically um allow you to to uh create edit and delete uh, word type documents uh, on your iPhone and your iPad. I don't know if you had seen this, Barrett, or not. I did see it, and I think for a lot of uh, business people who use the iPad and they tend to use Word and some of those uh, uh, those formats uh, from Microsoft, I think that will be a huge benefit to them, particularly making the iPad for them much more productive. I've tried to steer completely away from most of those uh, those uh, Microsoft products at this point, not because I dislike Microsoft, but just because of what we decided to do. Uh, so to me, it's, it's not quite as important, except when I get that rare document by email on my iPad, I especially if I'm traveling, when it would be very handy to be able to open it effectively and maybe even edit it if I'm being asked to do that, even though I don't personally use Word that much. So I, I right. can see a great value to it. Yeah, and I think one of the big things or the motivations behind this was um, for uh, those people you know, that collaborate with, with others that aren't using Google Docs and still um, using uh, you know, Microsoft Office uh, documents, I think Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, are supported um, in this, and so you know it definitely helps with collaboration um, within uh, your Google Drive. So um, you know I, I've I've uh, used it a little bit and uh, pretty impressed with it. So um, you know you do have to, like I said, be uh, a Google Apps uh, customer, and I think the um, premium for that is fifty dollars a year. So. Um, it does cost a little bit, but you know if if you uh, do operate in that world and you know your business requires you to interact and collaborate with others who um, you know, aren't 
aren't on Google uh, Drive and using Google Docs shit, uh, this can be a, a pretty beneficial thing. So um, that has become available. And uh, now, is, was that free, Bill, or, or is that a, 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 is there a cost associated with that app for the iPad, for example? Yeah, no, it, it, it's yeah. free. It's free as long as you are a Google Apps customer. So it's it's not free in that regard. I mean, you've got to sign up for the fifty dollars a year as a uh, a Google Apps customer. Well, what if you're an enterprise? What if you're a Google uh, enterprise user like we are? Do you know if that's a charge or? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. The way you know you'd be able to figure it out is just go. Um, to the app store, download it, and see if it'll run for you. I mean, well, the, the reason I asked is because I know that when I looked at it yesterday, the Quick Office they had a free version of it, but then they had a Quick Office Pro HD, uh, and I don't know if uh, if it's just because of the HD, but that was twenty dollars for the app. So, oh, no, this one's free. The the app's yeah. free, um, and like I say, you can download it, and uh, if I guess it figures out if you're a, a paying app customer or yeah, not. And if you aren't, it probably won't run. But um, mine started up without any problem and, you know, gave me the interface to get right into my, my Google Drive and open any uh, uh, Microsoft documents and off you off you go. So, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty simple and pretty easy to use and uh, can be helpful if you've got those kind of needs. So, um the next thing, uh, we can kind of uh, focus on rumors a little bit right now. We don't spend a lot of time on rumors, but I thought this was uh, interesting enough to um, discuss a little bit. And uh, we have talked about it uh, briefly in the past, but, uh, of course, there's been a lot of uh, hopes and wishes and thoughts that Apple's going to come out with a with a television sometime here in the near future. And uh, there was some... Uh, comments and, and discussion recently about, uh, I guess, a controller or motion controller for the Apple TV when it when it comes out, the Apple Television, and uh, this one is called the iRing, and um, I, I think the the idea is that there's a, a ring that you can put on your finger, and through motions of your hand and and the ring uh, in conjunction with the TV, it will figure out, um, you know, what uh, the desires are, and it will, um, you know, uh, operate the navigation for the TV. So um, that's uh, kind of futuristic and interesting, but we have seen already, um, you know, some other devices that are beginning to uh, hit the scenes that, that operate the same way. I think there was something I noticed um, a month or so back, and we might have mentioned it, uh, about something that is worn on your forearm and with uh, motions of your wrist and your arm it can control um, your your pc or, or laptop or whatever and um, you know it's it's all a motion type controlled uh, mechanism so uh, this would be along those same lines i guess and would be a um, uh, pretty interesting concept if it's uh if it's true <laughs> So um, yeah, it, it looks very interesting, and I actually noticed the price points when I saw uh, articles on this as well. And and frankly, I thought they were pretty reasonable for you're talking about a 60-inch um, television from Apple. Uh, not not inexpensive, but not exorbitant either. At 15 to what 2,500, I think. Yeah, um, and that's you know we've when when some of these large screen TVs first uh, came out, those were uh, some of the price points, and of course um, just a basic one now is a, a lot uh, less expensive than that. But 
Um, you know, we've got to figure if it's uh, TV coming out from Apple, there's going to be a lot of bells and whistles associated with it, which um, this would be one, uh, which would uh, make that price a little more uh, bearable. Um, I don't know that I'd spend it on my second or third TV, but if it's going to be my primary TV, it might be uh, something to consider. And along with this, um, they were mentioning in this article that uh, that I saw that the TV would also come with something they called a mini ITV, which mm-hmm. sounded basically like a, um, uh, a pared-down version of an iPad. It would be a, a screen the same size as uh, the standard iPad, and it would have some capabilities built into it that um, you could uh, access the TV. It would have some uh, uh, communication mechanisms. I don't know if it'd be, um, you know, exactly what the protocol would be, but you could um, potentially use it for home security and for video conferencing and phone calls somehow connected through the the TV. So, um, and maybe you could even um, <laughs> watch TV on on the little TV. Of course, you can do that on your your iPad. Uh, to a degree, but if uh, you're able to see everything that came across in your TV on that uh, mini TV, then that uh, uh, I guess that kind of gives you two TVs in one. So. <laughs> well, I tell you what, one thing that I've not seen anything on yet on this that, frankly, I wish they would resolve uh, is uh, some type of keyboard functionality for when you have to type in a username and a password to access different services, whether it's you know Hulu or Netflix or what have you, because trying to navigate on the on-screen um, system to to put in user IDs and password is very difficult. Right. Now, I, I believe you can attach your Bluetooth keyboard if you have it handy in your living room or something like that, but otherwise I found it difficult. So I hope they address that problem. Yeah, and I would think that would be part of what you could uh, do with this mini ITV screen. I would think that would be just another um, you know, more advanced remote control as well so that you could uh, – you could type on a uh, virtual keyboard on that screen um, in the in the manner you're talking about, and you know you can do that um, through your your iPhone today as well. There's a a remote um, app that allows you to uh, interface with your your Apple TV today, so that you don't have to you know use a little clicker and um, try to spell out things that way because that is pretty tedious. But um, you know that. Uh, that would be pretty slick if uh, that all comes about. As, as I think they need to integrate about. it with Siri, and you just tell it what you want yeah, to do. Just certainly. Speak to it. I uh, don't see would, why they couldn't do that. Yep. I don't either. I think that would be huge. Mm-hmm. And and the one other thing that I saw was another rumored uh, piece of equipment is the iWatch, and if uh, you know they they built in some uh, capabilities um, for the TV with that as well, then. Um, you know, you you're, you got a lot of bases covered there, <laughs> so yes. that uh, that probably would uh, be a little bit complicated to um, get started with, but uh, it, that would be kind of fun to uh, to work with. And I've I've uh, held off buying a TV for a number of reasons um, over the past few years, so I'm in I'm in uh, the market for a TV. I'm going to kind of hold off for a while still and see if this really uh, becomes reality and uh, have to find a place to put it. But um. <laughs> would you go with the first version or wait to the S version or something to come well, out? Well, yeah, that's that's <laughs> a good question. Um, and I, I don't know. It, it, of course, it'd be based on uh, 
what they deliver, I guess. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, it depends on how robust it is. Um, but they've been seemingly working on something for a long time here. And, of course, TVs are, are pretty mundane. So if they're going to come out with something that's going to be really gee whiz and, and uh, worth the attention, you would think it's going to be, um, you know, have a lot of... Uh, uh, new capabilities built into it right off the bat, especially for for that kind of price. So well, and for the amount of time they've been talking about it, uh, they sure can't afford to disappoint. No, exactly. Yeah, there's there's too much competition in that market. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if yep. they don't come out with something uh, head head and shoulders above everything else, it's just uh, not going to be worth the wait. So um, maybe that'll be hitting the scenes here before too many more months. We'll have to wait and see. Um, along the lines of, of gee whiz things, another thing that caught my attention, um, and I've, I've seen a little bit about this. I'm kind of one of these gadget and uh, gizmo type of guys, but there's something called uh, the Romo, which is a, a little robot. It's uh, based on an iPhone. Uh, it, part of it is an iPhone, um, and they are uh, talking about coming out with a um, production version in June, and I don't know if you've seen this um, floating around the internet or not, Barrett. But there's there are some videos of it, and um, I've always been, uh, like I said, a gadget guy, and and like remote control toys and um, robots and that type of thing. In fact, I know you guys have a uh, have a uh, robotics club at school, and I certainly wish. We would have had one of those when I was growing up because I would have been the president of that, I think. Well, th- actually, it's a full couple of classes. As full, it? It, it, it's connected directly in our physics department uh, along with our M-Lab and different things of that nature. So they do everything from build some pre-packaged kind of robots that they then pr- uh, have to program to building from scratch robots uh, and then programming them. In fact, I was just in, uh, in watching some of the work they had been doing uh, yesterday or the day before. It's really quite Quite remarkable. Yeah, uh, it really the kids love it. Well, I've been in that room, um, you know, when when class hasn't been being held and seen all of the all the pieces and parts and motors and and everything else, and um, just thinking, oh, this would have been great fun. I wish they had <laughs> had it when I was there. But but you know, at first I got I, I saw this and just thought, hey, that, that's a pretty fun toy. Um, but then I thought, you know, there really are some some applications in the educational world. Um, as well as other areas that this could be uh, utilized in, and um, but but to kind of get back for those who haven't uh, seen this on the internet or, or are aware of what this really is, it's it's basically a small uh, little uh, you could say kind of built on a car chassis or you know a remote control uh, car chassis, but instead of wheels, it's kind of got the um, uh, like a tank tracks on each side. So you've got a little platform with the, the tracks on each side, and then you actually get a phone, an iPhone, and it's got a uh, socket that you plug it into on the top of it, and it kind of sits straight up. So you've got your flat base with uh, the uh, navigational mechanism, the tracks, and then this uh, iPhone standing up upright from from that base and the the iphone has its own app you can um you download it and it you know is made to control the car and then you can control the car remotely from another iphone or ipad or whatever 
Um, and I think there's even ways to control it um, completely remotely. Like if you're in a totally different uh, location, you could, you know, tap into it through the Internet and um, make it do certain things. But but the screen of the iPhone actually has a little face on it, so it's kind of a personalized um, robot, and it talks to you and, you know, does a lot of, of interaction um, with whoever's using it. But, um, you know, it's, it's um, a pretty sophisticated little, little uh, remote-controlled robot. And I think they started with a Kickstarter project um, to kind of get the, the prototype built and uh, working. And uh, then they've gotten, I've noticed they had uh, backing from Stanford University and uh, some other uh, venture capital groups and investors. So they've got... Uh, they've caught the attention of a number of, of folks and looked like from their website they probably had a team of 30 or 40 people uh, working on, on this project. And uh, they came out with another uh, Kickstarter uh, project to get some more funding for this um, more robust model of of the uh, Romo robot. So, um, and that, like I said, that's coming out. It's supposed to be available uh, for delivery in June, and um, the cost is $150, and you can pre-order it now. Um, but, um, you know, it, it could be just a toy, or it could be, um, you know, u- utilized and useful in a robotics club or robotics class, because uh, they're making an API available so that you can do some programming around the um uh, the robot to add, you know, functionality and, and uh, capabilities to what you get straight out of the box. So uh, it's kind of a blank slate for robotic programming and a, a pretty fun uh, little device to to uh, start that out. And um, well, I think I think I've already got a good use for it. You know, one of the features it has it has is quick photo sharing. So it will take photos as it's moving along, and it uploads them automatically for you. Yeah. And so I can I can have it roam my hallways. <laughs> sure, <laughs> absolutely. Keep an eye on things. Yeah. You know, my spy in the hall. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's there's probably a ton of little um, uh, ways you could use this thing. But uh, like I said, I'm just kind of a uh, a robot geek at heart and uh love to see these kind of uh things come out so i may try to uh, get a hold of one of these um later on this year and play around with it a little bit but um well i've already sent information on it to the physics department and uh so that they might want to get one just to have in the room oh yeah i would think so i would think that'd be a lot of fun around that so all right um and then finally uh something that uh caught my attention and uh, this is half technology related and just kind of half fun, but um, I don't know if you saw the uh, the NCAA basketball championship game on Monday night, Barrett. Uh, but it was a, a great game. It was um, uh, Michigan versus Louisville, and Louisville won in the end. But it was a a really good game. But one of the highlights I thought in the first half uh, was this kid who came off the bench. He was he's a, a player. I think he might. If he's not a freshman, he's just a sophomore, but I think he's a freshman. Um, but his name is uh, Spike Albrecht, and um, he plays behind who was the player of the year this year in all of the uh, NCAA basketball. So obviously he did not get a whole lot of playing time, but 
he came off the bench and um, hit, uh, I think, every shot that he put up in the first half. And it was three, uh, no, it was five three-pointers, and they were all um, difficult shots, if not, you know, at least from 25 feet out. And, um, you know, they were very impressive shots. (laughs) And then he made a layup, too, so he mixed it up a little bit inside. But, um, you know, scoring 17 points in – uh, about 17 or 18 minutes for anybody is um, huge. But uh, did you see that guy, Barrett? Did you watch uh, no, that No, I watched uh, replays after the fact, and I'm thinking to myself, he's going to get more playing time. What do, what do you think? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, I hope he can keep that up, but um, that must have been oh, a real a highlight for him. Oh, yeah, oh, He'll never forget that. No, no, he won't. But, but one of the things I saw uh, after the fact, apparently he noticed um, – I think Kate Upton is a, a model or something um, uh, in the modeling world and uh, very recognizable. But apparently she was sitting in the stands, and he, uh, during the game, noticed her. I think she had she must have had a Michigan uh, shirt on, so uh, he knew that she was on their side. But um, after the fact, after the game, he apparently tweeted her, um, you know, something that we couldn't do, uh, not – that long ago but he he tweeted her and said uh kate upton hey saw you at the game last night thanks for coming out hope to see you again uh that's that's obviously something he would never do if he was face to face with her but um in this world of twitter and uh all the rest uh he was able to uh to get away with that of course he was if if they only won the game you know if they if michigan had won the game it had been that much better but he's Mm. still uh he still had a huge, huge night and something he won't ever forget. But uh, that was just fun to see him come off the bench and do that. And really, just the the shots that he took and made, I mean, they were just unbelievable. Um, and he didn't, like I said, he didn't miss a shot in the first half. I think he did play um, in the second half some, not as much. And he did miss a shot in the second half, so he kind of came back down to earth a little bit. But uh, um that was just fun to see, and uh, um, I played a little basketball in my past, too, so um, I never had quite a night like that, but uh, I'm, uh, yeah, it's just uh, uh, fun, I, I think fun the to perfect, see. I think the perfect thing for you, Bill, would be get you in our robotics class and build one that can uh, can do a three-pointer. Yeah, well, we could get... Mid-court, uh, I, that's what you... We could get five of them out there, and there you, uh, you know we could <laughs> scrimmage against the uh, varsity team, right? There you go, robot games. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh. So, all right. So that was uh, everything that uh, kind of caught my attention the last few weeks, and uh, thought would be kind of fun to talk about. So we can move on from there and um, see if we've got anything to uh, update us on the uh, Learning Unleashed program. I know we're a little bit in uh, a lull right now. We're coming towards the end of end of school, and I think the pilot program is um, – is it still going, or are you, have you wrapped up uh, what they're doing uh, with the iPad pilot program, or where does all that stand? Well, it's still going. It will come. It will finish out the year. But uh, unless something comes up that we're not expecting, we'll pretty much finish the assessment. I gave a full report of of uh, the assessment from both 
uh, from parents, faculty, as well as students. And so we're wrapping up the year. Uh, the main thing we have going on right now before we roll out more fully uh, – in all likelihood in the fall, uh, is the training. And so, in fact, tomorrow we have Apple on campus, and they're going to begin another uh, component of our training. Uh, and in this case, very specifically, was called challenge-based learning, which is a, a derivative of project-based learning. And uh, so they'll be here uh, tomorrow and Friday doing training. And, of course, Bill, you're doing some training for us in June. Uh, yeah. uh, you, you're going to do some training uh, with our faculty on creating books uh, using iBooks Author. Right. And I tell you, uh, you ought to be encouraged by this. I certainly am a superintendent in that uh, we had 30 – so far we've had 31 teachers – on their own initiative to voluntarily come in in June for this training. We didn't request them to do it. They're certainly not required to do it. And uh, we really did not anticipate gearing up uh, iBooks quite that fast until maybe the fall. But they're so anxious to get started that uh, they want to come in and, and take advantage of your wealth of knowledge and expertise on iBook Author. And so, one, I think that's a tribute to you, uh, but I think it's also a tribute to these teachers and how quickly uh, they have caught the vision and embraced the potential uh, for digital technology in the classroom and what it can mean for them as teachers and for their students. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I think that'll be a whole lot of fun. I was uh, there today um, talking with uh, Mrs. Roberts and Robertson and um, you know going over what uh, I plan to cover. And I think it's great that there's that much interest and uh, that we're starting so soon. I think a, a number of them uh, may realize after we get through that first day that um, there's a little bit more to it than they thought or maybe had hoped, but. Uh, it'll be a good um, starting point, and of course, there's uh, lots that you can do with with iBooks, and a lot of different levels that you can get into. And everybody doesn't have to uh, really, you know, utilize the full uh, components and and everything you can do in iBooks to make a good electronic book. But um, uh, I think it's great we got that much interest, and uh, I'm looking forward to to spending some time with with them and um you know see where we can take this so yes um that'll be fun okay well um yeah and we're getting close to uh i guess we've got about what six more full weeks of school somewhere in that neighborhood so uh things will be winding down here pretty quick uh, as far as the end of school is concerned but um, that just means we've got to start preparing for the next year, right? Uh, we're, we're already preparing. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're well well down that road, and yeah. so uh, um, it, we look forward to a good year. Uh, normally, we're doing a lot of hiring, but uh, we have almost no turnover in our staff this year, good. and so we're doing minimal interviewing this year for next year. So the good news for, uh, there are a lot of reasons why that's good news, but specifically on Learning Unleashed is you devote all this time and effort in, in training faculty. You don't want them moving on to other schools exactly. because you lose all of that training investment that you've made. Right. Uh, and so we've got great stability. People are uh, staying uh, staying uh, at the school. And uh, I think, uh, frankly, I think the technology was a part of that for some who have been reinvigorated in some ways uh, with that. So. Yeah. yeah, I imagine it's uh, created some uh, a new excitement that maybe some of the teachers um, needed and mm-hmm. – uh, kind of jumpstart them uh, again in, in what they're doing. So, yeah, it definitely opens up a lot of new venues and uh, ways that they can um, teach and explore. So uh, that's great. That's uh, that's good news to hear. So, all right. Um, well, with that, why don't we uh, start 
uh, wrapping things up here. We've got our uh, apps and following section to um, go through. And um, Barrett, do you have uh, uh, an app pick for us this week? Well, yeah, I actually have two quick ones. One uh, that uh, is fantastic, is very creative, and actually I find very helpful. Uh, it's called Sleep Time. It's for the iPhone. Uh, what it, it basically does two basic things and does them very well. Uh, it is an alarm, uh, but it also monitors your sleep patterns. Um, and so what it does, you set the alarm. You can set some soundscapes if it helps you go to sleep, like the Amazon rainforest or something. Uh, but what it does, it, it monitors your movements um, in order to gauge whether you're in light sleep or, or deep REM sleep, and it tracks it all night long and then gives you a graphical display of exactly what your sleep pattern is. And so it combines all of those features together, mm -hmm. uh, the soundscape, the alarm, as well as the assessment of your sleep. And I have actually found it to be uh, quite accurate and helpful in many respects. Oh, yeah? Do you, yeah. Do you, put so. your, do you have to put your phone, like, under your pillow, or how do you, how do you uh, position your no, phone? No, they just say put it someplace, like, towards the top corner of your mattress where you're not going to knock it over and it's not in your way. Uh -huh. uh, but it will sense all of your movement and, uh, and will kind of go from there. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I use I've used something like that in the past. I forget what it was. It was one of the earlier versions of that and I did find that to be interesting um and uh somewhat helpful. Yes, and uh, my other one is really uh, a browser extension. Uh it's called Quiet Tube. So if you go to video uh sites such as YouTube, it will strip away all of the advertising, it strip it strips away all of the other video thumbnails and all of that and you just have the one video and that works extremely well for the purposes of classroom use. Ah, I see. So um you can download uh do you download your video no, or do you, no, you use it? No. You just you just click the button and it basically just clears everything out except the actual video on your uh on your I got you. So okay. that, that that works extremely well. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll have to try that out. Okay, what about uh, Twitter? You have uh, have somebody we can somebody new or something new we can follow this time? Well, it's not a somebody; it's a company. Uh, I have bought quite a few products from uh, from Zag, a mate, which makes a lot of protective gear and different things for the iPad, the iPhone, screen protectors, cases, Bluetooth keyboards, that kind of thing. And uh, and so I like to follow them on Twitter because they'll off they'll often include deals, new product releases, things of that nature. So uh, I would recommend Zag. Daily, they have about oh, I guess about thirty-eight thousand followers. It looks like, and it's Z A G G D A I L Y Zag Daily. All right, that sounds like it could be a little bit uh, expensive, but you know, that's okay. If it's helpful, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, well, my app pick this week is uh, something that I used uh, when we were down in Nicaragua. And it's got a lot of um, uh, possibilities, a lot of ways it can be used. But I was using it to uh, to update uh, on a daily basis our folks back in the States who had uh, uh, students with us or uh, just wanted to keep up with what we were doing and things that happened each day. And it's uh, called Day One, and it's a uh, journaling uh, app 
but it's got a lot of other ways that it can be used. I mean, that's they they uh, market it as a, uh, a journaling app, and it works real well for that. Um, it uh, syncs between uh, devices. Um, they have uh, not only um, a uh, the iOS version, but I believe they have a uh, OS X version as well, and a client that you can use on your desktop as well as with your phone or your iPad. Um, and so it'll sync between all of those. It uh, captures photos. It uh, gathers the weather information or where you are at the time you're uh, writing up your entry. Uh, it'll uh, automatically set locations based on your GPS positioning. So it kind of pulls all of those um, little pieces of information together and tags uh, your entry uh, without you having to worry about that. Um, you can also set reminders in it so that it, uh, you know, either daily or weekly or monthly will remind you if you haven't uh, made an entry lately to do that. Uh, and then once you have your uh, entry there, and of course you can have one or more per day, it keeps it uh, organized in a nice little timeline. And um, then you can share out that entry in a number of different ways. You can uh, share it via email to uh, a closed group of people, and that's what I was doing um, from Nicaragua. I had a, an email list uh, group of about 60-plus uh, people that wanted to keep up with us, um, so I just emailed that out every day. Um, but then you could also send it out um, publicly uh, via Twitter or uh, messages. Uh, you can also um, use Flickr, uh, send it out to a Flickr site. Um, and the the interface is just real clean, real um, uh, simple, uh, yet it's real powerful. And I think a lot of people are um, beginning to use it for more than just a, a journal. You can keep, you know, since it keeps things in, in order automatically and gives you a good timeline, you can keep uh, all kinds of logs, uh, any kind of log that you might uh, have need to keep track of. You could um, use it as a, a prayer journal. Um, uh, some people use it to uh, just as their email composer because they can uh, start an email one place, uh, not finish it, but pick it up on another device and uh, keep going with it and uh, finally send it out from uh, day one. Um, and then you can, uh, you know, just uh, a number of different ways that it could be utilized. So um, I'm considering uh, some other ways that I might use it in addition to just uh, uh, general journaling. So uh, another thing that at first I was not real uh, a real fan of, but uh, after using it a while, it seems like they know better uh, what they're doing than I do. But for each entry, you are limited to one picture. So a lot of times, and when I was down in Nicaragua, you know, I'd take a number of pictures, and I'd kind of want to send uh, multiple pictures back. But um, that's just kind of one of the things I think they're trying to do with this app is just to keep your entries real focused so that, you know, with one entry, you've, you can put one picture, and you don't even have to put a picture, but, you know, one picture so that uh, you're real focused on what that entry is about. Um so after using it for a little while, I saw the, the benefit of that limitation, 
And, um, you know, again, you can, you know, uh, associate tags with an entry and, and organize it a lot of different ways. So um, I was just really impressed by that. It's been out for a while, uh, so it's not really new, but um, it was the first time that I had really used it to any extent and um, really, really saw the benefits of it and, and liked what it provided. So um, day one is uh, the app pick for the week, and, and you might want to try it out if uh, if you have a need for that type of thing. And uh, finally, my Twitter pick uh, is Bubba Watson. And Bubba is a, uh, a golfer, and he's from, isn't he from Alabama or somewhere yes. here in the southeast? I believe it's Alabama, yeah. yes. And, uh, don't they have the Masters coming up again Sunday? Or They do. Well, it starts tomorrow. So um, that was one of the reasons I picked Bubba uh, for this week's uh, following. And... Um, uh, another reason I don't know if you saw this, Barrett, but it's really kind of kind of neat. Um, there was a video out, and I think I saw it through uh, one of his Twitter uh, listings. He had a, a a link to a video, and it's it's something called Bubba's Hover, and it's basically a hovercraft golf cart. So, <laughs> and it is really neat. It shows him going down the golf course on in his little hovercraft golf cart and then uh you know he took a little shortcut and uh went across a little lake to get to the other side of the golf golf course and it's really slick and i think i don't know who's behind it but i mean it's a real you know it wasn't a make-believe thing in fact he um there was a there was a picture today in twitter uh in his twitter feed that uh showed the hovercraft on a uh on a truck that they were hauling around uh, and there of course <laughs> you know the the uh, uh Augusta is not going to allow a hovercraft <laughs> on their golf course but um you know they're going to have it parked out there somewhere um just off off the grounds I think so people can uh, take a look at it up close um but uh I told one of my golfing buddies that uh you know, next time we go out, he needs to have one of those for me because uh, I want to give that a try. But <laughs> that sounds like fun, doesn't it? Oh yeah, man! I just I I throw my golf clubs away and just drive it around. Just drive it around. It. Yeah, I don't know if it'd wreak havoc on the fairways or not, but it sure well sure, sure looks like fun. Now, see, well, that's one of the things. You know, the hovercraft is really doesn't uh technically touch the the ground at some point yeah, it does it wouldn't have put enough air pressure down to hold itself up that that would uh yeah uh, wreak havoc on the on the turf yeah well yeah but i i think i think it's probably less <laughs> less a problem uh than just a regular golf cart especially mm-hmm. when the grounds are wet or whatever but yeah. um <laughs> you know I, I imagine it's a little bit pricey but maybe one of these days um you know we could uh have fun with one of those uh uh, if we can can uh, get a hold of one somewhere, get one of those for our golf team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there <exactly>. you go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's uh, that's what I had to offer for this week. So, um, unless you have anything else, Barrett, we will uh, wrap things up for this week. And um, I think it's been a a fun show. We've uh, covered a lot of different uh, topics and kind of been all over the place. But I think it's been. Uh, pretty good information so um you know hopefully you uh you've uh got something out of our show this week and uh, if you want to follow us uh, on the internet you can find me on twitter at bill brazil and that's b-i-l-l-b-r-a-z-e-a-l and my website is billbrazil.com so um 
you can uh, check me out there on the internet. And Barrett, where can we find you? You can follow me on Twitter at B Mossbacker. That's B M O S B A C K E R. B Mossbacker with one S. Uh, and they can check out the blog that, that I uh, publish, the the Christian School Journal, which is ChristianSchoolJournal.com. All righty. And of course, you can uh, find. Um, uh, the show notes for this week's episode, as well as all the others, uh, out at BillBrazil.com. So uh, feel free to go there and um, uh, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. If you got any uh, questions or subjects you'd like us to cover, uh, we'd love to hear uh, those kind of comments and any other feedback you might have. Uh, and uh, as always, be sure to tell your friends and uh, watch for our next episode uh, hopefully it'll be in a couple of weeks. I think things have settled down here a little bit uh, that we will be back on schedule now. So um, uh, just be watching for that. So until next time, thanks for listening and so long for now. Mm-hmm.